This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Flood warning still in effect for Los Angeles County and big chunks of Southern California reeling from heavy rains and high winds on Monday night. The threat of mudslides. Looking at some of the video of it, you just uh, gasp that so many of us have experienced the phenomenon of flooding and in an instant how your life can change. Hey, everybody. Kate Delaney, there's good news for Georgia Bulldog fans as they as an have an easy time with TCU and they are national champions. Woohoo! Congratulations to them for sure. What's going on in the Hill? We'll talk about that. Are you worried about national debt? Maybe you should be. I'll tell you why coming up uh, this hour as well. But let's stick with the weather first. Mother Nature can be nasty, can't she? And uh, it is nasty, nasty going in parts of Uh, Southern California now, Los Angeles, Malibu, Hollywood, Beverly Hills, they're experiencing flash flooding because of the heavy rain and uh, their images that we're seeing are partially submerged cars near downtown. And the fact is, is that you had that heavy rain that falls in a single hour where you get inches and inches and inches. And that's what it leads to there was even a ground stop for los angeles international airport after eight o'clock on monday which really slowed takeoffs and landings for more than an hour because they also had high winds so you had problems in northern california now you have them in southern california especially santa barbara county which is right after you hit what I call Southern California proper, right? So you had thousands of people that had to evacuate Montecito. It's five years to the day that they had mud and boulders that rushed through neighborhoods in in a community that killed 23 people and turned it into a complete disaster area. But with up to a foot of rain that's drenching the hillsides on Monday alone and still more of it coming down on Tuesday, well, we know what happens, how the ground soaks it up, and then it leads to those major, major, major problems. You know, doing this, doing talk... I used to say this when I first started and I was in TV. I used to say, it's good to kind of understand the weather. Well, it's always good to understand the weather now because you look at these maps and I was looking at a National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration map because I wanted to see what their map looked like. So I was pulling up those maps. Someone was sending me something to try to interpret some of it. It's pretty easy because you just see, it just looks like it's soaked. It looks like the map is soaked. It's Deep purple, right? And some of that is melted snow and ice as you get deeper in past like Reno where Jeremy Renner had his accident with the snowplow because they had an avalanche of, of snow 
and he was out in a snow cat and then what happened from there was terrible but he's doing a lot better but that area just just deluged with snow and then you have all the coastal area that's getting hammered by the massive amounts of of rain and the, you hear these stories of in San Luis Obispo County which is north of Santa Barbara one person was killed by floodwater trying to navigate a submerged road. A five-year-old boy was missing. Same thing. Couldn't get to him. And lots and lots of power lines being pulled down. Just massive, massive devastation. And, you know, it's very strange. Once the rain stops, because it's just coming at them so fast, so fast, and many of you can relate to this, then... You really see the damage because you see all the trees that have fallen. You see what's happened to some of the houses. You see where the ground is precariously so soaked, and you see trees that are leaning and look like they could still fall over. And they call this, in this case, a series of atmospheric rivers. And that's what's drenching, drenched the northern part of the state and then hit the central coast the rest of the day, and even Southern California, which wasn't supposed to get quite as much of the rainy stuff. So first, Santa Cruz, south of San Francisco, where you had 30,000 people that had to be evacuated because they had creeks and rivers that overflowed and hit homes and washed away a bridge and highways were were terrible and then it just kind of rolled down the map is is what happened and it eventually hit some of these other um other you know other areas and just incredible to see how quickly how quickly, quickly that can happen. There's a school called Cal Poly. It's in San Luis Obispo, and I used to live pretty close to it. I would run; they had a track, and I would run around that track when I was like when I was off work, right? Which is neither here nor there, but it's completely underwater, just completely. So the university just had students and faculty and animals all had to be evacuated because they have a lot of ag facilities there because they had a reservoir that was about to breach. So, of course, emergency declaration, 17 counties in California. You know, the whole FEMA thing is, is underway. And, boy, it seems like one area of the country gets hammered and everybody else gets a break, and then all of a sudden you're not expecting it, and then, boom, the other coast gets hammered and... Um, this is the world we live live in. I think I call it the world of the the go bag. That that's not optional anymore. You have to have some preparedness because you just don't know what you may encounter. And you know, I made the comment about knowing the weather, which was something I hardly ever paid attention to. Uh, even being in the business, I mean, just you know, oh, it's going to be sunny today, or I, I knew the basics. But now it's uh, they call it weather porn. The people get just zoned into it because they're jumping on even the Weather Channel to see what's happening to try to gauge uh, whether they're whether they're safe to stay or go or what happens. But they evacuated some people and other people. They told them you just it's too late. You just got to shelter in. 
place. So, boy, I feel for all of our listeners in California. I certainly know, as do many others who are listening to this show in other parts of the country, like our friends in New Orleans and along uh, the Florida coastline and along the East Coast, and then people in the Midwest that have been hammered by some of this really horrific, uh, horrific, horrific snow. Uh, We get it. So now Kevin McCarthy is the guy. He is the Speaker of the House. And what does it mean? One thing that he conceded to, we've talked about it, it's pretty cut and dried, that it's easier to remove the Speaker of the House. So it's ironic. He gets the job he really wanted, but now it's easy to remove Kevin McCarthy. So it just takes somebody screaming out, basically, let's have a vote. And it can be a Democrat, too. And and uh, am I anticipating that's happening? No, but it's an easier ouster for the speaker than it had been historically in the uh, the past. Because you got to go back in your mind and think about it. The threat to Speaker John Boehner and trying to get him out at one point. So then the rules changed that it couldn't just be a single member. Now it's reverting back to, yep, one single member can call for that vote, and uh, that could be it for the man with the gavel. But that's not all that's happening. Are you worried about the national debt? Maybe you should be. We're talking about it next. Advertising is simple. It starts with someone who has a need. Mom! And then gets more specific. Mom, I want pizza. Then we add urgency. I want pizza tonight. Before you know it, your GCN advertising message is reaching millions of listeners. Listeners who are definitely in need. We want pizza! You see? Advertising on GCN is simple. Your message meets their need, and the result means new business for you. Tell us about your business. Then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message to feed those who have an urgent need. We want pizza tonight! GCN has the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 1,000 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and just stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. And you should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Hi, this is Kate Delaney. I am truly amazed by this audience. Many of you have been reaching out to me to ask more on what I call the No Drone Zone. How do you find out about the show or listen to podcasts or guests or even my books? So here we go. Go to katedelaneyradio.com for more on what's shaking in my orbit. To reach me, simply hit the contact tab and send an email. 
behind the scenes photos, great video, travels, the dog. Yeah, that's Guinness. He is the mascot. Go to Kate Delaney Fan Page on Facebook. Kate Delaney Fan Page on Facebook. Or hit me up on Twitter at Kate S. Delaney. At Kate S. Delaney. For any of my books, including Deal Your Own Destiny, Amazon simply is the easiest. Thanks for listening as we talk about what's happening in my backyard and yours and how it affects us. We throw in laughs, cheap movie reviews, the man cave, and authors with some interesting stories to tell. If you've already forgotten everything I've just said, just go to katedelaneyradio.com. of voters, that means maybe you and me, are worried about the national debt. I was looking at this Rasmussen poll and about 50% of voters didn't approve of the $1.7 trillion spending bill passed by Congress last month. They say it's a disaster and the 76% of voters who are worried about the size of the national debt say, look, it's $31 trillion. $31 trillion. Where, how do you pay back $31 trillion? 21%, by the way, that were polled weren't concerned at all. 53 were very concerned. So one of the questions and how they asked it is they were asked if they uh, agreed with the former president who said the omnibus bill is a disaster for our country. 61% agreed. 45% strongly agreed, 32% disagreed. So, of course, politics is going to play a role in, in when you talk about national uh, debt. But I think if you ask anybody, right, if you ask anybody about the national debt, you say, hey, you know, um, the national debt is $31 trillion, and who owns part of our debt? Oh, that would be China. So <laughs> um, I think there's a lot that that Americans don't realize about the debt. I mean, just wrap your mind for a second. Let that sink in about the $31 trillion. I really think, for me, when I realized, wow, this thing just keeps climbing. I get debt. I get loans. I get all of that. But when I actually physically saw the debt clock in New York City, and just looked at that rolling number, it really just stuck with me. It really just stuck with me that what are we doing with this debt? What are we doing for the future? What are we doing for the future generations? What does that mean? And what does that mean to programs that we've paid into, right? So the Congressional Budget Office is estimating even that the first House bill which would rescind the provisions of that past Inflation Reduction Act, which would fund the 87,000 new uh, IRS employees, is going to end up adding $114 billion to the deficit over the next 10 years. And that's probably why the House said no to that. That's one of the reasons why. The legislation would cut the $71 billion to hire new workers for the IRS according to the CBO, but it would add $114 billion to the deficit between 
2023 and 32 due to lost revenue gains. And that's the key word that stuck out to me, lost revenue gains. At what point are we just paddling, 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 and we're getting nowhere close to land? I mean, in my mind, that's what it's like. It's like we're out on one of these paddle boards, and someone says, well, it's so easy. I mean, look, you just you just pass it down um, you know, a couple of years down the road and don't, don't worry. Cause that'll give us a chance to paddle and catch up to it. But uh, you know, we're with our guide and we're paddling and don't worry, you're going to catch up. And then you just don't, you're just fatigued. You don't catch up. And that's what it is. I was looking for the word to me when we talk about politics and we talk about both chambers of the house, I think we're fatigued with it all. How does it affect us? I, I always say this shows about, How does it affect you in your backyard and how does it affect me? And one of the things that I think has happened for a long while now, I don't know that it was always this way, but how many of the people that represent us don't really have any idea what's really happening in our neighborhoods, right? Because they're, they're removed from it. And even when they go back home to wherever home is and they're not in Washington, are they really seeing what's happening with the everyday man or woman or family? What, what are the opportunities and what are the things that are crushing us? And eventually what happens with all that debt? Where does it, where does it get pushed off to? When is too much too much and we can't catch up? So think about that. We're going to talk more about the debt in the next couple of weeks and have more people on and dive a little bit deeper into the whole idea of what does that really, really mean? What does that really, really look like? Some more odds and ends I think that you might have missed is how about in Des Moines, Iowa, they had to cancel classes because of a cyber attack. You know, we're always talking about, oh, cyber attack, be aware. How many things do you pay for to protect yourself from being hacked into? But especially with big organizations. So their technology network just, boom, was crushed. 33,000 students, they had to cancel it because they said that, the network, the internet, all that was offline because they had to assess the situation. They didn't really give a lot of information on the the nature of the attack or if information was stolen, but because that technology supports classroom learning and then the management and operation of the school districts, they don't have it, so they had to close the district for the day. So, <laughs> you know, I'm surprised that hasn't happened more. We've certainly seen this happen in business, and scarily, we've seen it happen at some big companies that affect us. And as we, it's that yin and yang of technology. As we rely on technology, it's that age-old question that, you know, it's like, why do we need people? When they talk about robots, or you talk about going through toll booths and there's no one there. And part of the reason is because technology fails us. And what happens when technology fails you? Is there a backup plan? Yeah, the backup plan is you have to close for the day. (laughs) Sorry, the bank's not open. The technology went down. I actually saw that somewhere. The technology is is um, is down, so we can't we can't 
uh, open the, open today, where we have to close for an extra hour or two. Speaking of closing, thousands of nurses want to close a different deal. They went on strike Monday at two of New York City's major hospitals. Contract negotiations stalled over salary, staffing, and, um, you know, you got to think about what are, what do they do when that many are, are out? These were nonprofit hospitals, so they postponed non-emergency surgeries, diverted ambulances to other medical centers, had temporary staffers in, had administrators with nursing backgrounds to work in some of the wards to cope with the walkout. Because, you know, you got people that are in beds that what's happening there who nurses are vital and one of them was one of these uh, hospitals, Mount Sinai Hospital in Manhattan, that 3,600 off the job. And then a medical center in the Bronx, 3,500 off the job because they're so frustrated with the lack of the right kind of deal and coming to the table and compromising. So they decided they had to strike because chronic understaffing, especially leaves them caring for too many patients. And I think that's frightening because how much attention somebody has something, whatever's happening to them, they're on a breathing tube, they have just gotten out of surgery, you know, whatever it is, and they're overworked and they can't handle the amount of people that they have. It was described as, in some cases, somebody's doing a 12-hour operating room shift that stretches into 14 hours because they have to work overtime. Um, There was a nurse practitioner that I saw interviewed that said she sometimes skips bathroom breaks to attend to patients. What? You can't even, they have no time to go to the bathroom? That's not good. So there has to be a safer, more humane way to do that, and they got to figure this thing out. I mean, they they weren't psyched about the raises, but so much of it was the understaffing more than than anything uh, else. So they got to make it more attractive to hire more nurses. I mean, look, there's a global shortage of healthcare workers that's impacting hospitals across the country. And why do we have a global shortage? Think pandemic. Think of the burnout and also people realizing I don't want to I can't do this anymore. I can't it doesn't matter. I can't work these kinds of shifts. It's crushing me. And what happens is because there's not enough people it just gets dumped on who's ever there cuz what are they going to do? Somebody's got to fill those uh, shoes, you know, and so who's filling those shoes? All right, coming up next, we have a couple of really great authors and storytellers for you talking about a couple of different things that I think you're going to find fascinating, including Marion Pilgrim, who's going to close out the show for us from the UK. Jimmy, turn off the video games. Let's go play some ball. I'm in the middle of my game. Can't we go later? Come on, it'll be fun. It will be there when you get back. Okay, but there's no way you're going to win. Why don't you grab some water and granola bars and then we'll see about that. 
you can make a difference. Eat smart, play hard. And when you do, your kids will too. A challenge from USDA. Are you curious about what might be missing from your diet and supplement choices? Take a free health assessment to identify your possible nutrient deficiencies. As a certified holistic health coach, I will help you assess and prioritize a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. USA News Update. The NTSB providing details about a mid-air emergency Friday. It happened just after a flight had taken off from the Portland airport bound for California. A side panel blew off the plane, leaving a gaping hole. It happened at around 16,000 feet, but could have been much worse for the 171 people on board had the altitude been higher. Meanwhile, investigators say the flight recorder is useless. It usually overwrites all saved data every two hours. There's another budget agreement in place announced by congressional leaders. It would keep the government funded through 2024. The longtime leader of the NRA has stepped down. Wayne LaPierre and other former NRA officials stand accused of misappropriating millions from the nonprofit to bankroll their opulent lifestyles. Corey Myers, USA News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy.
is A Drink of Water, a memoir about life with men. Dr. Jennifer Embry joins us now. Boy, she's led an interesting life, that's uh, for sure. And I have to say this right at the top, that uh, I think some of our listeners and I myself am jealous of this because you live in Bramford, Florida, and you've got boxers, turkeys, Indian runner ducks, which I never heard of, and I guess you're doing some kayaking and having a lot of fun. Is that pretty accurate? Oh, yeah, I love it up here. It's it's even though it's in Florida, it's like real rural and uh, kind of in the woods. So it's it's a nice break from any city living. Yeah, there you go. So you have time to write a book and you write this book. Tell us about uh, the journey of writing the book. What made you decide you were going to do this? Well, I ex- experienced this incredible um this incredible uh, experience that happened to me, and um, I'm worried I don't have any children or any family, and I'm worried if I don't tell my story, it's going to be lost forever. And I think it's just too important to um, to just let it disappear. So tell us about the story. What's the book about? Um, it's, I, it's about how I received a a, a new life, basically. And, um, I, growing up, I lived in a very chaotic, abusive family and, um, the consequences were severe on, on me where I experienced, uh, drug abuse and, alcoholism and promiscuity mainly was a big thing and codependency. And, um, it, after I had this life shattering experience, my life was changed forever. And I just wanted to tell people about that. Yeah. And, and in your book, you talk about this, you talk about your father, you talk about, um, um, his lifestyle and you talk about, uh, eventually um, murder. So that had to yes. be unbelievably traumatic. It was like just getting punched over and over and over again. You wake up each day like, what terrible thing is going to happen today? Right. <laughs> and uh, it's really difficult. So how do you recover from that? What did you do? Well, I, I started thinking... Um, this can't be normal, you know. People don't go around having their gay fathers murdered every day. And um, uh, how, how can I just get through the day without such terrible anxiety? So I just started um, kind of exploring different options. And my second husband happened to be Jewish, and uh, he, we, we were in graduate school together, and he said, uh, I said, let's go out and do something. And he said, well, I can't date you because you're not Jewish. And I was like, oh, oh, well, that's interesting. So, um, so he kind of just left my house, and then he came back uh, about an hour later, and he goes, I don't care what my parents say. I still want to date you. So we started going out, and I started learning 
about Judaism, and I fell in love with Judaism. I learned all. I uh, converted to Judaism. I had a formal ceremony, and um, I just immersed myself into it. And because I wasn't completely healed yet, I ended up getting a divorce from my second husband. And um, so I was alone. I was single and and dated a man from India who was Christian, and he was having trouble with his teenage son, so we decided to go to church. Uh, I started going to an Episcopal church and um, learning more about God on the other side. You know, in Judaism, we really focus on the Old Testament. The the priest um, obviously focused on the New Testament. And I kept saying I'm to him, I'm going to prove that God doesn't exist. So we would sit down every week and go through the Bible, and I would try and convince the Episcopal priest that God doesn't exist. And for some reason, I just couldn't do it. And I found amazing experience, um, uh, amazing coincidences throughout the Bible that predicted what would happen to Jesus on the cross in, like, the book of Isaiah, which happened... Oh, I don't know, 500 to 1,000 years before Jesus actually walked on the earth. So, um, so these were remarkable to me, and I decided I will give my life to Christ. I can't deny this didn't happen. But I was still felt guilty because I was Jewish, and I thought, oh, they're gonna, the, all the Jews are going to be mad at me. God's going to be mad at me. So um, I decided to go ahead and, and take my first baptism. And, and I mean, not my, I, I was infant baptized, but uh, water baptism and communion. And then things really went crazy from there. Right, so that belief helped you, right? It kind of got me, pushed me on my way. And in the book, what's so interesting is you talk about where we started growing up in the 60s and 70s, and you were in an uh, affluent suburb of Detroit and all the things, the chaos that happened, then your relationship with men. And in the book, you do a really clever thing. You write a, a letter to each one of them and then talk about you know, how that brought you into this relationship with God that you're talking about now. Um, what a clever thing. Was that cathartic to write those letters in the book? Yes, and I wanted to also go kind of in reverse chronological order, like you're reflecting back on what happened. So um, I started kind of in the present tense, and then each chapter, I kind of wrote each chapter as like a short story. I think it can kind of stand alone. And um, I thought that would be easy to for uh, readers. I've gotten critiques, though, that some people don't like the reverse chronological order. I kind of like it. It's kind of different, and it gives some perspective. But, but I feel like as we go back in time, it gets deeper and deeper into my tragedy, 
where I describe my dad's murder and uh, all these kind of things. Yeah. How old were you when that happened? I was 27. Oh. My my mom and dad... um, my dad was an attorney, a corporate attorney in Detroit, and um, they they kind of got set up. Both of their parents were wealthy and belonged to the country club, and they got um, my parents got set up by their parents to to go on a date and ended up getting married. But my dad told my mom that he was gay, and. Um, and that was in the late fifties at the time, which was, was not acceptable, but, um, they went to a counselor or marriage, you know, counselor, whatever, psychologist, and they went to a couple sessions and the counselor said, um, oh, Phil, my dad was cured of his gayness, so it's okay to get married. So, um, they got married and, um, initially, you know, in my real young years, we lived in a nice house and my mom was like a typical sixties wife, but there would be these terrible screaming matches and like, Oh, it was terrible. And I know my mom found out, you know, my dad was probably having an affair or whatever, a gay affair. So it, it made her just crazy. And then we moved out to the country in a big English Tudor style house. And we had horses and dogs and, um, we, being in Detroit and Michigan in the winter, we had pretty bad winters. And um, my mom just kind of abandoned us. We were left with dirty dishes in the sink and animal feces on the floor. And uh, my dad wouldn't come home for days. I was I was 10 or 12. My brother was 10 years younger. My sister was two years younger. And uh, we were le- left, the children were left with no food, no heat, filthy feces, and ultimately the horses starved to death. Wow. And my mom would tell me, um, it's time to, you know, my dad would say, Jennifer, go out and feed the horses at 9 o'clock at night on a winter night. And I'd go out there, and there was no food to feed them. You know, the grain was gone, no hay. So I remember just standing in the barn for 10 or 15 minutes, however long I thought it would take to feed them so my parents would think I fed them and go back in. And I still have nightmares today of that. Wow. And you came out on the other side, and we don't want to give everything away about the book, but it is um, it is such a journey. A Drink of Water, a memoir about my life with men. Dr. Jennifer Embry, thanks for sharing and coming on. You can get the book on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Thank, Thank you, you so much.
Hey guys, why settle for poor quality Pouty Arco that's sold by stores and online resellers when you can get Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea at drinksupertea.com or 818-965-9113. The Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea is only available at drinksupertea.com. 818-965-9113. 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com. Ever feel completely down on your luck, whether it's your career or just your life? Do you look at other people and wonder, why them, not me? I'm Kate Delaney. I did it. I admit it. I've learned some valuable and priceless lessons from some of the rock stars I've been interviewed over the years, like Sir Richard Branson or the late, great John Madden, and I want to share them. Want to laugh? Want to learn? Want more out of life? Then pick up a copy of my book, Deal Your Own Destiny, Increase Your Odds, Win Big, and Become Extraordinary. Get it on Amazon today. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from WallOfFire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. WallOfFire.com. to be joined by Miriam Pilgrim from the UK here on America tonight with me Kate Delaney. She's written a fascinating book, you know, and I realized when I was looking at her book how much I love eggs. And it all comes full circle when you hear her story. The name of her book, Have You Considered the Egg? So she grew up in Trinidad. She's a lifelong learner and she's got this book and she has another book that will eventually come out that's completely different from this one. But it's really fascinating to hear her story and her road 
to doing the book. Marion, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you very much. So what led to the importance of the egg in your life? What is it about the egg? The importance that I found with the egg is that I was able to see myself not only cracking the egg, seeing what is coming out of the egg, but is using the egg and is to use the book in such a way that daily you can gain something that would be beneficial to your life to help you see others differently. And so it's a great metaphor because the egg isn't just, okay, hey, in America, I'm sitting here making my breakfast. I just cracked the egg. I just opened the refrigerator. There's so many other uses for it. There's so many ways to uh, prepare an egg. There really is a lot about eggs, and which is what I, what I love about how you weaved this story. Have you considered the egg in the book? You have various chapters. You talk about heaven. You talk about road. You talk about spirit. You talk about trust. Tell the listeners what the book is about. The book is really about seeing the egg, which is you yourself, using an egg for a purpose. And your purpose in life is to fulfill whatever that egg you're going to use it to do. You want to scramble the egg? It's up to you. You want to boil the egg? It's up to you. Do you know you can poach the egg? (laughs) You can even hard boil an egg. It's the purpose that you have to gain in life. That's why I consider the egg. Well, I, again, I, I love the way you talk about the egg and, and, and the significance in your life, which is what I was talking about in the beginning. You and I talked off the air and you told me about what did you used to do when you were a kid? What did you used to do with eggs? Yes, when I was, well, I used to listen for the, for the hen to cackle and I knew it had laid an egg and I would just dive, leave everyone and just go for the egg. Oh, it's warm and it's nice and it's just being laid. And I would just take it up, take it and punch one little hole and suck the egg. When I'm finished, I would gather the egg, it's the eggshell, all the eggshells. And then you put a, a straw in, inside of that egg where the hole was and make sure you seal it. Dip it in the paint, many different color paints, and that would be a bouquet for my mom. Wow. <laughs> even, though she, even though she would say, how come you alone finding the eggs? Because <laughs> <laughs> you were smart. And, and on the cover of your book, you have pretty different colored eggs, and that symbolizes that, right? Yeah, that symbolizes the different colors. And not only is it, a physical, spiritual, psychological, anyhow you look at it, you can use it, benefit from an egg. How important, and I was starting to ask you this, how important is trust? Because that's one of the things you talk about in the book. Yes, you have to learn to trust others, just as I trusted you to come 
on Zoom to talk to me so you trust others to prepare the wrong work. We cannot do things on our own by ourselves. We have to have others doing the part that we assume we can, but we cannot. So we need that trust, not only in others, but in the Creator. And that's where my perspective came in, that if I trust and look up and I see the cloud, I will know that it's going to rain. Wow. If I see the sun, I know it's going to be a sunny day. Yep. Because I have that trust in there has to be somebody that is creative better than I am. And you also talk about you also talk about acceptance. And tell us about acceptance because I think humans really struggle with this. Yes, I noticed that I accepted the egg, not because of the color of the egg. I accepted the egg because it's an egg. People accept others because of maybe the outward shape of the egg, maybe the color of the egg, maybe what they can do with the egg. But the egg itself, if you don't accept others just as they are, because now you can find many different kind of eggs, small ones, tall ones, long ones, ostrich, eggs, eggs will be found anywhere. And we have to accept it. Whether we want to eat it or not, we have to accept. If you squeeze it too hard, it will crack. If it if you throw it, it will it will smash. So we have to learn how to accept that an egg is fragile, mm-hmm. and we all are. We all are fragile. We are here today and gone tomorrow. Yeah, life is fragile, definitely. And mm-hmm. you know, in summary, in looking at the book, what do you hope people take away from reading? Have you considered the egg? I would like everyone to see what use an egg is for. How they and an egg can be alike. Just as the egg is useful, we are useful in doing whatever we are called to do. And therefore, when we come up against situations that maybe we don't like, we have to learn to adjust, take the egg and make eggnog. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. Take the egg and make eggnog. Have you considered the egg you can get on Miriam's book? You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever great books are sold. And I know, and I want to give a little tiny preview because it's not out yet, but you've, you like writing. I said you were a lifelong learner and you have another book that you're writing about Jane Austen and manners. Tell me about that. In the past. Well, Jane Austen is well known. And in the past, her book was related to how people behave with one another, humans against humans and how we interacted. 
And I saw the manners is all she spoke about. The different manners, the type of manners, the manners, the clothing manners, the, <laughs> the deportment of people. And I said, manners? Let me see if I could consider some manners in this too. But the technology, manners is where I'm walking the street and I'm seeing people with walking into you with their iPhones and their technologies without even saying hello or watching where they are going. So I said, oh, yes, this is manners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's lessons to be learned there, I'm sure. And I, I think all of us can relate to that. That's the frustration with technology. There's the good part about technology. And then there's the part you just mentioned where you go to a restaurant or you walk down the street and nobody's paying attention. No one is paying attention. How do we get around that? Just read Jane Austen books. <laughs> exactly. And it's what you did. So you know, and you're going to pass that on to us. Uh, absolutely delight to have you on, Miriam Pilgrim. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Delaney. <laughs> and thank all of you for listening to this interview and this version of the show. It's 2023. Make it count, everybody. Thank you very much. My name is Milan Vukovic. Ten years ago, I got frustrated with the quality of Pau Diarco tea sold in the stores. So, I founded the Pau Diarco Tea Club that now ships our super tea to over 100 countries. You too can order or get info about the original pure Pau Diarco super tea at www.drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113. Why settle for less when you can order original Pure Pau Diarco and drink Super Tea for only $34.95 per pound plus shipping? Each pound makes 300 cups, which is the equivalent of 12 cents per cup for the original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea. Order now at www.drinksupertea.com. That's drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113.